Welcome, and thank you for joining the Society for Clinical Research Sites for SCRS Talks. I'm Jimmy Bechtel, Vice President of Site Engagement. SCRS Talks allows our partners and those we work closely with to take a few minutes to address issues of industry concern. In this installment, we're going to have Carrie Venn, the COO of Centricity Research and the CEO of Hypercore International, answer a few questions about site staffing challenges. Let's take a minute to meet our speakers. Carrie, if you wouldn't mind introducing yourself. Thanks, Jimmy. Um, Carrie Venn, as you stated, I am the CEO of Centricity Research, which is formerly uh, comprised of LMC Mana Research, IACT Health, and True North. And I am presently the CEO of Hypercore International, a much larger network of sites working together in a collaborative fashion. Um, been in the industry for 23 years, just had my anniversary February 13th, and uh, really working on the site space. So have really grown within the LMC healthcare, LMC MANA research model um, from the site. And, and now we're comprised with Centricity up to 40 locations across North America. Uh, it's been an incredible ride and um, definitely um, always advocating for the site voice. Thanks for having me on here, Jimmy. Absolutely. And you truly are, Carrie. You're one of our um, most active members, and we appreciate all your contributions to the work that we do on behalf of sites, as well as um, the work that you do for your patients and for your site. So thank you um, for that as we start things off here. Um, Carrie, again, we're here to talk about the challenges that exist with site staffing that are largely resulted from the COVID-19 pandemic and some of the other challenges we've seen there. And as many organizations search for candidates, they want to work with those they already know or um, have identified as highly qualified. Unfortunately, this means that some of our CRO and sponsor partners are asking site staff to come and work for their organizations instead. Um, so Carrie, can you share a little bit of your experience with this? Absolutely. Um, you know, historically, this has been an issue for our particular organization. We are in a, a hotbed of pharmaceutical companies, both in Toronto and Montreal, and you know, notoriously have found our staff as incredibly qualified to um, you know bring over to work at the sponsor zero, um, even some of the vendors that we work with. And so it's certainly been a frustrating thing, and we've tried to pivot throughout the years. Um, we, as a site, can't unfortunately compete with the contracts and bonuses and you know, the, the packages that are being put forward from the, the pharmaceutical companies. And, and that is definitely one of the most um, difficult things to, to really compete against. Um, we've, we've done a lot to really expand the package of what we provide our site staff, but uh, but definitely is is something that we, we have really worked hard uh, to compete with. I would say it's been incredibly di more difficult this past year. Um, yeah, I mean, everyone's heard of the Great Resignation. It's hit all industries, and you know, has obviously you see a lot of movement across sponsor CROs um, as well as you know site staff jumping to CROs and sponsors. And there is a little bit actually reverse uh, where you're seeing some of the CROs and sponsors coming to the site industry. Um, you know, it's just created a lot of extra work because of the backlog, and therefore the amount of staffing needed for um, the pharmaceutical industry has increased tremendously, which is a great problem to have. However, I do think, um, you know, really poaching from the sites creates a really a disservice to our patients, first and foremost. It really slows that pipeline. We all know the pipeline of, of drugs to market is incredibly slow to begin with. And this just, you know, increases that length of delay. Um, you know, it, obviously the, the turnover at a site, 
you know, the hiring, training, onboarding, it takes a coordinator roughly up to a year to become fully efficient. Um, you know, there's risk from a quality perspective. And so, um, so this is something we really need to think about where we're hiring people from the sponsor zero side of things. I, I couldn't agree more, Carrie. It, it really is, again, emphasizing that disservice to the sites and to the patients, right? You're you're almost shooting yourself in the foot um, when you when you continue these types of practices. So thanks for those important points. But um, this isn't the first time you know, this call today, right? What we're here talking about is not the first time SCRS has heard about the issue of staff poaching from sites. How has this impacted your site in, in any uh, sort of way? Absolutely. We've had, um, you know, higher turnover than what we're normally used to. We accept uh, a certain level of turnover. And in fact, we actually embrace it. Um, we do support um, our staff actually going through that onboarding training and growth within the company. And if there is a point at which that person cannot grow within the company, we do actually support the transfer over to the, the sponsor CRO as part of their their growth ladder. Um, and so the difference now is that it's actually happening much sooner. And so it's been really tough to to kind of manage um, that workload. Um, you know, the the workload on uh, the reverse, you know, we have that pipeline that's basically backlogged that's now hitting and the sites are needing more staff. Um, you know, the technology rollout has changed our, you know, need for what staff we have and, um, you know, the burnout that you're hearing from, from site staff. Um, there's almost kind of the revelation that I'll switch over to sponsor CRO and maybe work less, which is really disheartening um, to hear that. And I think that, um, you know, it's just, we have to find a better solution and work, if you want to work with the sites to kind of continue that growth ladder, that's one thing. But to, um, you know, this, I think it's some of the practices of some of the pharmaceutical company, they're not all bad. We certainly see some that are common and almost I feel like it's a bit of a pathway for the HR um, teams within the sponsors of CROs. Once they realize they've got a good grouping of hires from a particular um, network or sites, um, you know, they kind of go back to that, that, you know, the area in which they found them. And, and unfortunately, it makes it a lot harder for us to to compete and to continue to, to elevate our game, uh, both from an enrollment and, and to ensure, again, the quality. Um, you know, the, the key for sponsors and CROs is really improving kind of that, that enrollment pace and the start of, of enrollment. And this just really makes it much more difficult. We've also had to increase our salaries and packages um, to compete. Um, again, we'll, we won't still even touch unfortunately what the sponsor CROs are, are shelling out these days but um, you know this in turn has increased our overhead um, that we're now charging back to the sponsors and CROs so ultimately I see this just as we're kind of shooting ourselves in the foot as you said before Jimmy that um, you know it just increases the cost of doing this business and that's not what we should be doing here so we have to think of different ways to to find suitable candidates um, and, and a different way to kind of approach it. A lot again, Carrie, a lot of really great points there around what that looks like from the site perspective. And I applaud you all in recognizing the grander scheme of things, right? That 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 career growth opportunity for the sites and what that looks like for for your staff. However, I also recognize the point in that's happening too fast, right? The the turnover rate and the rapidity in which that happens can is really what's presenting the, the challenge for the sites. Um, that div diversity in experience is important, but um, it, if it ends up causing undue burden to the sites, I think that's really what we're here to talk about today. Uh, speaking to that and, and to this, the challenges at the site level, can you share some advice that you might have for sites to discourage this practice within their own organizations? 
for sure. Um, you know, I should add actually going back to one of the other big changes we saw was the work from home, the transition for people wanting to work from home. And again, a clinical site at present day who's seeing patients predominantly on site, that also, you know, makes it more difficult to have that kind of um, work from home philosophy. However, you know, again, as we move to more hybrid type clinical trials and, you know, opportunities for virtual clinical trials, you can see the site, the traditional site model changing somewhat and the flexibility of allowing staff to work from home. Um, you know, I think this will evolve, um, but that was definitely a transition. Um, you know, and one of the things that we did work on was, onboarding. So we really thought about, um, you know, asking the questions of why someone would come and join us. And it's about seeing clinical patients, seeing the patient, right? It's really working with the patient um, and seeing the patient. And if that was a uh, high motivation for the candidate, um, we felt that that would de-risk um, that kind of potential move to work from home kind of mentality, which the sponsors and CROs are offering um, at this point. Um, but some of the other advice, um, just in general, um, you can, I know there's been discussion in the listserv about, you know, non-solicitation and adding those to some of the contracts with the sponsors and CROs um, can be difficult to implement, but certainly at least states the, um, you know, obvious, which we should not be soliciting from, you know, where we do business. Um, it obviously hurts their own clinical trials. And so we definitely should avoid that kind of behavior. Um, you know, again, we're, we're talking about sites and CROs and sponsors having a good partnership. So again, a good partner would not necessarily steal from one another. So it's important that we, um, you know, work in a more collaborative method. Um, when we we do approach these types of things, maybe working on that growth trajectory. So maybe engage me if you really want to hire from my organization, but, you know, work with the people that are ready to kind of take that next step away from the site, as opposed to um, just, you know, freely kind of poaching from our, our staff then you want to obviously, as I stated before, look at different benefit packages, um, flexibility that you can offer into your contracts. Um, you know, what would entice someone, even if it's not the salary level that you can provide to, um, you know, have someone at least competitive, be competitive. So we did we did a pay scale um, kind of looking at our positions across the uh, entire network to make sure that we were at least competitive with with the market. Um, so that's something you would want to do. And for those candidates that you really um, are high risk to lose, you definitely want to pay pay up for them. Um, you know, in turn, it does increase your cost, which you will want to consider increasing in your overhead um, to sponsors um, and CROs in the contracts, but that can in turn pay for some of the, the extra costs for your payroll. It is the highest um, expense from a, a site perspective is the payroll. And so we do want to make sure um, that that is being taken into consideration. As far as um, you know, the burnout piece, um, we've certainly looked at positions that are more administrative burden. And, and so you want to think about the type of candidate you're hiring and the work that you have them doing. And so if you can think about different positions you bring in to do some of the, you know, e-reg um, or the e-docs kind of platforms, um, the data management, you know, creating source, you know, just trying to keep the different skill levels of your people doing the work that they are most passionate about. That will keep them happy. This in turn will hopefully, you know, reduce that kind of burnout perspective that's actually happening at the sites right now and across the industry, to be honest with you. So I think there's quite a few different things you can do from a site perspective. Um, and, and honestly, we've had to go out to some of the, the main um, pharmaceutical companies and CROs that 
let's say they have a higher share of our staff um, to have an honest conversation and to basically see if they can pull back um, and or limit the amount and frequency in which they are actually reaching out to our staff. And, you know, we have learned through one of the instances that, um, you know, there's actually, you know, rules that they have, um, for instance, that monitors can't be, you know, discussing um, bonus payouts or, you know, moving over to their company it's actually against their policies and procedures. So sometimes upper management don't even realize this is happening. So it's just, it's worthwhile to, to kind of reach out, have those conversations and to, um, you know, be transparent about the situation. A lot of great tips there, Carrie. A lot, a lot of valuable information around what sites can do. Yeah, I, I, and from what I understand, a lot of it is centered in self-reflection, right? Take the time as a site to understand where you sit and what the needs of your employees are. We can't necessarily keep going by just coasting through what we've known or what we've always known, because like you've said, the ecosystem is changing. So we need to take the time as sites to understand what that looks like for our businesses. So I think that's a really important point that you've emphasized with a lot of really great examples there. So thank you for that. What message do you have for CROs and sponsors? Uh, you, you alluded to this, who might be consider who might consider soliciting to your site staff? Again, I've, I've definitely stated it throughout. It's, it's really damaging to um, site staff. Obviously, if you're taking from the the company in which is doing your work especially um, i can understand where maybe they're not working with the particular site um, but again comes back to you know the familiarity of working with people and bringing them over uh, i think there just has to be a different pathway in which we um, you know the sponsors and CROs look to bring on um, new candidates you know again us as our a site network um, i know we're having conversations ourselves for instance you know it's it's about bringing diversity into your own organization and maybe someone doesn't have that direct level of experience working at a clinical site, but has the at least the right educational background, core competencies, um, you know, the right culture fit and or certifications and creating a, a positions that you can actually allow for that growth um, into eventually more senior roles within your organization. And, you know, I would encourage the sponsors and CROs to do the same thing and, and not necessarily, you know, directly poaching from the sites um, that they do business with. And so this might be one one way to kind of, um, you know, caveat that I would also say, you know, if you're going to some of these conferences, such as the site summit, um, you know, just be careful of having those fairs, those, you know, practices in which we are hiring from those particular conferences as a, a site director, you know, I'm sending my people for them to learn. And so I would certainly, you know, discourage them if they were being poached within that type of environment and so we have to be careful there um, but um, but you know I, I think I just open up arms to more work in a collaborative ma um, manner in which to to bring on and hire and to maybe promote outside of my site to a, an organization as part of their growth ladder and and to be open to that kind of um, discussion as opposed to you know kind of going behind the back so to speak um, the other part that I've certainly heard seen in the list service, some of the practices, and I've, I felt it myself, that time for termination, um, you know, typically, you know, two weeks is not sufficient time. As we all know, to onboard a coordinator can take up to, you know, at least two to four weeks to hire and then another month at least to to have them functioning. And so, again, if you're looking at, at a small site who has two coordinators and one or two of those coordinators leave, um, your work will cease to exist and certainly the, the quality risk, which means your patients aren't getting your clinical drug trial, um, you know, protocol being 
completed and or the drug itself. So, you know, again, we have to think about patient centricity and the sites are really at the heart of that patient centricity. And so um, allowing for proper transition for a coordinator to leave is super important in that process as well if you are hiring from sites. Um, and oftentimes we see being pushed for a week, immediate for them to accept. Um, and so again, where you can give at least a month for some sort of a proper transition to a, a pathway for new hiring and onboarding, that's at least um, something that should be considered at, at minimum. Exactly right. Not only are you, if you are going to take our staff, at least give them, at least give us the courtesy and the time to um, to transition them out and to potentially backfill that position. So uh, very valuable and important point and a good message for, again, the sponsors and CROs. What, Carrie, are some of the ways that industry can help increase the talent pool for everyone in research, right? And I mean, if, if this continues to happen or if this, this poaching and this transition, which I think is inherent to the industry, to some degree continues, um, maybe not at the scale that it is currently, but it would be nice to get a little help, right? And, and so what are the ways that we can increase the talent pool again for everyone in, in, in the industry? Yeah, I think uh, what we've done, um, I think, really well has worked with the a lot of the co-op and internship programs for some of these postgraduate um, research diplomas to create pathways for um, new candidates to, to learn. It's been a great resource for us to hire. Um, if they're not doing this, this might be something that they consider. And so that way um, they always have a, a good pool of candidates to, to hire from. Um, so that would be one way. Um, you know, as beyond that, obviously, um, you know, this gets more into the HR element, but, um, you know, just talking with our Hypercore friends, um, there's a particular item we're talking about, whether there's funding to, for instance, um, you know, pathways to sites to actually onboard staff, um, again, improving the diversity, um, you know, equity to inclusion to many different candidates that are out there that may have not had the opportunity to work in clinical research. And maybe it's a pathway to work at a site within a year and then to actually cross over to sponsor CRO. So I think, again, if there's ways in which we can work together um, as opposed to against each other is important. And I would I would actually argue even sponsors and CROs with each other. Um, I mean, we just see such great movement. And sometimes, you know, people are just staying for a year for that signing bonus and then moving over to another company for a signing bonus. And so I think there's definitely um, things that we have done in the industry as a whole um, that has created a lot of this kind of transfer of, um, you know, employee to employee. Um, and that's and that's not obviously ideal. I, I think I come from a little bit more of the loyalty and staying within a company. I think I'm one of the few rare within the same organization um, at which I started. But um, and I, I realize the, the the newer generation of um, employees are actually looking for a variety of experience and, and you know, accept that. And so it's just a matter of what is the reasonable time frame to allow someone within an organization to to grow and to learn, um, you know, less than a year is not appropriate. And so I think, again, really being cognizant of whom we're hiring from these sites, how long they've been at the sites, um, are they at the right time to actually move from the sites, and being a little bit more diligent in hiring practices within the HR teams. Um, you certainly don't want to be the sponsor zero known out there for um, being higher use of actually following this pathway to hire candidates. Um, I think it just will create a really bad name and potentially there may be sites that may not want to work with those particular pharma companies going forward. So I do think it's it's worthwhile to have conversations and to understand the hiring practices at each of the organizations um, that are being run. 
Absolutely, Carrie. A lot of really, really excellent points there around the um, the, the the talent pool and, and increasing that and, and engaging with those those postgraduate students, right? And and I think it's a matter of, like you said, it's a matter of time and resources that do make that a challenge. But if we can get support from maybe our sponsor and CRO partners um, in that space to allow us to do those kinds of things as as an industry and allow our site staff to. I guess get the career out there in in the general public's um, face. It's really been interesting to see how most people stumble into research. They don't really, I would rather say, for a majority that get into this career, um, it's not something that you necessarily seek out while you're in college. Um, so, it, 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 interesting, uh, interesting perspective. Which is interesting because maybe there's more of that um, education to some of the different pathways of the, um, you know different degrees that exist at the universities to kind of educate a little bit more about the pathway of clinical research. Maybe that in of itself will actually help solve this burden. I agree. I think it's I think it's definitely a good place to start. Um, so I, I, it's a great place to leave uh, the the interview here and the discussion. Carrie, um, you know, huge thank you to you for your contributions to this this discussion today and the talk and, and the issue at hand. Um, so thank you for for being here and uh, for chatting with us today. Thanks, Jimmy. I know the site voice was very loud and active um, in the past few weeks. So I think they'll, you know, whatever we can do to kind of share some of the challenges that are happening at the sites um, is super important. So I do appreciate you guys giving us this platform to speak. Thank you. You're very welcome. Everyone listening, make sure that you register for upcoming webinars and other SCRS talks discussion by visiting our learning campus, as well as taking part in our SCRS publications for our members in the publication section of our website, myscrs.org. I appreciate everyone's participation in today's program and look forward to having you join us for more great content in the future. Thanks for listening and Carrie, thanks again. Thank you.